BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Come back! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morency. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between breaking it down. Sunday, bloody Sunday has begun. Sirius XM Channel 159. There's a lot of stuff to unpack. We got a full house. We set it to Montreal. The Canadian Grand Prix. Mo Khan in the house uh, with us uh, this evening. Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Bob Bano, steps up and in uh, as well to kick it. And uh, we've got Jason B. Takafin talking baseball. There's a lot of stuff to unpack uh, here uh, this evening. Let's start off uh, with uh, the Grand Prix. Epic race. And we nailed Max Verstappen. If you tuned in last week uh, to the program, we gave you Max Verstappen a minus 110. He barely hung on, but he did. And uh, it was a massive success in Montreal. 338,000 people, man. 338,000 people over the three days. And don't forget... Uh, that it was pouring rain um, for the first two days, or at least a day and a half, whatever. They were flooded and stuff like that. So I really don't know how many, how many more people they can get in there, but they need more hotel rooms. But the race was pretty much sold out, 338,000 people over three days. Smash success. Mo Khan will step up and in. Uh, it was a smash success for us tonight as we wrapped up the USFL regular season. We'll get to the playoffs throughout the week. We'll talk CFL football, Stanley Cup. We're back at it on Monday night. And the uh, Colorado Avalanche are absolutely owning uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning right now. And the Avalanche are doing something right now. They're trying to move in. Listen, they're trying to win a Stanley Cup. So they're not worried about all these stats and, and history and all this other type of stuff. But um, they're 14-2 they're and two right now in the playoffs. Colorado Avalanche are 14 and two. Only other, um, the only other four other teams to start the playoffs 14 and two. They all won the Stanley Cup. The 1981 uh, Islanders, 87 Oilers, 88 Oilers, 2012 Los Angeles uh, Kings. Since the playoff format uh, be, uh, began. Uh, as soon as it began in 1987, that's when you needed uh, 16 wins. When they went from the uh, the best of five, right? The all-time record, the Edmonton Oilers went 16-2 and two in 1988. 
Four teams are tied for the next best record at 16 and four. The 1993 Montreal Canadiens, which really, really is uh, fascinating to me, uh, that the Montreal Canadiens in 1993 uh, had had a 16 and four record. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you talk to people, like, if you talk to hockey historians, they're not historians, but because historians are kind of on top of things, but, you know, actually, you know, you talk to anybody generally, oh, 1993, oh, that was was crazy that the Canadians won the Cup. Oh, that was kind of, uh, you know, that was kind of lucky, right? Patrick Waugh stole it for them. I don't know, did he? Like, did he? Was it lucky? I mean, if you go 16 and 4, I don't really know if that's luck, right? You end up going 16 and 4. That Montreal Canadiens team was better they had better players. If you look at the roster, maybe later we'll get into this a little bit uh, later on, but we do have a lot of stuff to get to, including Major League Baseball. Jason B. Tackafin will step up and in. And basically, if by chance you're a Major League Baseball player listening to this program, and you're a very good Major League Baseball player listening to this program, you better hope that we don't pick you to win the MVP because you will get hurt. Sunday, bloody Sunday. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci, the pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Let's do this thing. We throw it down. What's up, SoCal? The 50,000 watt, the juggernaut, the mightier 1090 ESPN radio. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates. We throw it down on the Sports Grid Radio Networks. And, of course, Sirius XM Channel 159. There's a lot of stuff to unpack. San Diego and Los Angeles. Uh, these, these, you know, it's like a boxing match. They're going back and forth. And uh, they both took box over the weekend as the Los Angeles Dodgers lose 2-3 or three to the Guardians and they lose Mookie Betts with a cracked rib. Meanwhile, Manny Machado slid on first base in the first inning. He's got a sprained ankle if there's any positive despite the fact that uh, San Diego got swept over the weekend. It's the fact uh, that the X-rays were negative for Manny Machado. Matthew Fitzpatrick uh, wins his first ever uh, major and joins the one and only the Golden Bear. And, you know, listen, anytime you're you're associated with Jack Nicholas, you've done something pretty good. Matthew Fitzpatrick wins the U.S. Open at the Country Club nine years after winning the U.S. Amateur Open at the Country Club. He joined Jack Nicholas, the only players to win the U.S. Amateur at the U.S. Open at the same venue. Jack did it at Pebble Beach in 1961 and 1972. So Fitzpatrick gets it done. Willie Z. Uh, Zalatoris falls short uh, once again, but Will Zalatoris, a hell of a golfer, and he's definitely knocking on the door for a, a major in the future. Max Verstappen. Uh, Max Verstappen has moved into uh, ninth place all time. Uh, that's pretty impressive considering he's like uh, he's like 25 years old. Um, not even. I think he's like a little under 25 years old. So he's got his 26th win. He wins the Canadian uh, Grand Prix in Montreal. 338,000 people. Now I got to tell you. Yeah, like how many NASCAR races are getting 338,000 people? I get it, Daytona, and there's a few. If you don't think that F1 is coming on strong uh, right now, it's past strong. It's past strong. You know, we're talking nearly half a million people uh, showing up for, for, for three days. And let us, let, us, let us remember it was pouring rain for the first two days. Mo Khan will join us from Montreal. We'll check in with the Canadian Grand Prix. Jason B. Takafin throws it down with us. We sort through all the injuries today that went uh, on in the diamond and get caught up. Ian Cameron, we caught the Stanley Cup. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You are listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci. It's Sunday, bloody Sunday. This is Portridge. I am Gabriel Morenci, the principal players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Let's uh, kickstart uh, another week as the countdown of football uh, is on, although the USFL playoffs are next week, the CFL. Uh, we're going into week three already. Matthew Fitzpatrick uh, wins the U.S. Open. Max Verstappen wins the Canadian Grand Prix Formula One in North America this weekend. 338,000 people. Mookie Betts cracks a rib. He's uh, on the 10-day uh, injured list. Uh, Mookie Betts expected to be out for no one really knows like it's not listen it's not going to be a prolonged like he's not out for like half the season or anything like that he's on the 10 day, 10 day uh, list uh, right now it'll probably be like 10 days two weeks or something like that you know what I mean he's got a rib issue so it's hard to swing a bat when your rib hurts so it's basically it's it's not it's nothing like that uh, Dodger fan needs to be concerned about moving forward in the future. It's just a pain threshold thing coming up for him uh, over the next uh, two weeks. Um, Manny Machado. It's funny because they made the, the bases bigger this year, of course, because players said they were too small. That they, you know, they run so hard into the bag that they're going to get injured. It's hard to stop on the bag because the bag is so small. Uh, I guess it doesn't really matter. It's just one of those you know, one in a million type of deals. Manny Machado running down uh, the first baseline, steps on first base, sort of awkwardly slides off the base. His ankle twists. Very like, you know, it looked like it could have been really bad, and it's not really bad. It's definitely sprained, but it's not really bad. The x-rays were negative. Jason B. Tagovic will uh, join us. Ian Cameron will step up. And now let's head to Montreal. The Canadian Grand Prix went down today, and it was an awesome race. 338,000 people despite uh, bad weather um, earlier in the week uh, in Montreal. And uh, the fans in attendance uh, were treated to one of the closest races um, in Canadian Grand Prix history. And in fact, it was the fourth closest margin of victory. And for the record, they've been doing the Canadian Grand Prix since like, uh, you know, since the 60s. It's been in Montreal since 78 on this track, but um, I think it's 67 we go back to. So um, Max Verstappen won by a ninth of a second. 0.993 to be exact over Carlos Sainz and for a lot ton of Ferrari fans in Montreal. Listen, this had it all. Max Verstappen wins. Ferrari, despite all the, 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 the trouble that they've had, they get a second place finished on the podium. And Lewis Hamilton returns to Montreal where he's won seven times and he won his first ever F1 race and gets a podium. Mo Khan steps up at him from Montreal. How you doing, Mo? Thanks for joining us. I'm well, Gabe. Uh, much better weather than what it was on, on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Montreal, that's for sure. Well, from from the racing standpoint, from the racing standpoint, 
Listen, the the, the the conditions were perfect. The track uh, was was in, in perfect um, condition today. It's too bad as far as the overall, you know, it's, it's, it's too bad. You know, there was a flood and stuff earlier in the week. And yeah. it, it dampened things as far as the, the party atmosphere is concerned. But I know a lot of stuff was canceled, et cetera, or whatever, but... The actual race itself was a smash success. 338,000 people. It can't do much better than that. And the race itself was awesome. And and let's just be real, Mo. Only, only really hardcores. And also, the qualification yesterday was one of the more entertaining and exciting qualifications in years in the rain. Right. And it led to this weird grid that we had today. Uh, all in all, I thought it was a great race. Yeah, it, it had, it had a, a lot of jeopardy, uh, Gabe, in this race. Because, look... Danica Patrick made a great point in, in the pregame hype towards that towards uh, the, the first lap that she felt that Max Verstappen would pull away and have control of the race, which he did. I mean, at times of the race, even with the safety car out there, but then that number two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten would be like a ping pong of who would be where in second place, third place, fourth place, and that's where the the real race was for a moment. I know College Signs did give Verstappen a run for his money, but you can see towards the final three, four laps of that race that Signs' car was just losing that muster required to make that final push to maybe over, to overcome Verstappen. And I just thought it was just an intriguing overall race. The weather was great. The surface was much better than where it was on Saturday. How it was raining in Montreal. But I think overall, it was a compelling race, and fans got their money's worth for the first time in three years with the F1 back in Montreal. Uh, Montreal have a knowledgeable Formula One uh, fan base. They were happy to see Fernando Alonso uh, qualify where he did. Yet, yeah, and for the record, Alonso was penalized after, so he's, he's actually placed ninth when it's all said and done. Um, but listen, the. Max Verstappen right now, we're, we're witnessing greatness of what this guy is doing and the dominance. I mean, this guy, so he's now won five of the last six races. He's won six of the nine uh, races on the season. He's uh, he's moved in uh, right now into sole possession of ninth place all time. He's not even 25 yet. You know what I mean? Like, he's just 25 now type thing. Like, uh, or, excuse me, he just turned 26. Excuse me. Because he set the record for most wins under 25. It must have been his birthday, like, real recently. He just So he just turned, uh, hold on, let me, let me get, no, hold on, let me get his birthday here. He's at 26 wins. And I think he's 25 or 24, close to 25. Let me get his exact age of what his birthday is. But nevertheless, to be this young and to rack it up, he's just getting into his prime right now. You know, winning last year and now just this dominant run right now. I mean, he's all, he's 24. So September 3rd, so it'll be 25 in, uh, in September. Pretty impressive, man. 26 wins at 24 years old. Yeah, and the thing is, Gabe, we go back to the final race last year and how that was compelling drama for all of us to watch. You imagine, had had they lost that race, Red Bull, overall, things would have been a lot different for them because they were expecting to downsize in terms of the quality of, of what they wanted to build up here. And for Max Verstappen, the question would have been lingering. Could he win the big one? Could he be that top dog in the F1? And he finally did it last year. And that confidence has been oozing into this year and how he's dominated pretty much from, from round one to where we are right now at the Canadian GP. And now to go to Silverstone in England in a couple of weeks from now. So I just think it's all about Red Bull as we speak. But I just wonder that for Ferrari, do they have 
maybe the, the, the ability to maybe close the gap here. Can Lewis Hamilton make it a little bit more compelling? Because, look, the lack of races now. He, he was fourth in Baku last week, now third place. You heard his press conference post game that, look, he feels that Silverstone could be a, a, a position where maybe they make some inroads with how well they've done. And he thinks they're getting better and closer to where they want to be compared to where they were back in March and April. So I think there's definitely storylines coming into the final month of, of racing before they go in their bye weeks uh, in, in the middle of summertime. So I'm looking forward to what happens in England in two weeks from now. Well, they could have buried today, to be honest, if you're Formula One, if, if you're a Formula One fan and you want it to be competitive still, it could have been a real, real disaster for everybody. Like, Red Bull really could have just ran away with everything. Like, we you know, with Leclerc starting at the back of the grid and yeah. Max Verstappen winning, and then you figured, listen, this, everybody assumed. For the record, guys, for betting purposes, that um, the first team to retire, so the first team out of the race, basically, was was Red Bull. It was actually, of all people, it was actually Sergio <laughs> Perez who retired yeah. first. That was 15 to 1. That was the longest shot, Mo, because they're favorites to win, right? So, like, they were the longest shot. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, you know, people didn't expect, you know, the, the Red Bull to, to retire, to crash out first. But Sergio Perez's gearbox just jammed. He got stuck. It's it's so crazy to me that it's like hundreds of I mean, these cars are what, like three, 400 mil type thing, plus the research and <laughs> development. Yeah. You're basically a lap into a race, your gearbox just stalls. <laughs> like, you heard him on like He goes, I'm locked in. I'm locked in, guys. I got a problem. And next thing you know, he's just locked. And that's that. All that work. All that work. All that money. Like, they just flew all this stuff in for Azerbaijan, man. He gets, like, two laps and the gearbox jams. But... Hey, that's racing, man. That that that's gonna happen. But as, as far as Mercedes, I'm with you. I threw it out there last week, and I I didn't get the damn bet, and I'm still mad about it, even though I won money today on this race. <laughs> that uh, I said, listen, if Lewis Hamilton's gonna win, uh, get on the podium or do anything, it has to be here. He won his first race in Montreal. He's a seven-time winner here. He loves the track. He loves the city, and he did. And I think it continues in the silver. So I think it does. I think Mercedes are, are sort of back in business a bit. Break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, listen, I need some cash. What for? I just need it, that's all. Oh, no. Don't tell me. You're gambling again, aren't you? Oh, you weak, weak man. Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sports Rage. I am Arantzi. Jason B. Takafin will step up and in the former minor league baseball executive of the year. Uh, will join us, a three-time champion with the Toronto Blue Jays affiliate. Noah Syndergaard, all kinds of guys. Stroman, Syndergaard, all kinds of guys went through uh, when, when he was there. Big time, uh, a lot of the big time Jays um, went through 
uh, his um, his operation. So he'll step up and then we'll talk baseball with Jason. We'll take a look at the MVP odds like we do every week and the futures and everything else in between. We'll handicap the Stanley Cup um, final with Babano a little bit uh, later on. We got Mokan right now in Montreal. Canadian Grand Prix uh, was uh, this weekend. And uh, Mo, I was very regretful. Uh, that I was unable to uh, to make it. I've had um, mm. a lot of stuff going on in the last uh, couple of weeks, so I couldn't plan it. And I was considering just flying in at the last uh, moment, um, but I'm sort of glad I didn't due to the weather. I know the race was good, but the overall week, the overall weekend as a whole, I know it was extremely cold, cold weather, but uh, we're, we're going to be there next year for sure. We're going to plan it. We're going to set it up. And, like, you know, I used to do, they have, like, it's F1, guys, so everything is state-of-the-art. Like, I remember even in the old Team 990 days, um, yeah. we used to broadcast from the tent, right? They got the media tent yeah. with the screens up and everything. Or I remember they even gave us our own little box up there in that white wood building they have there. I don't know if that's still there. <laughs> I, mean, I saw, I think they renovated it. It actually doesn't, like, it used to just be like, it's like, it was basically like a shack. I was like, man, really? You guys just, like, didn't cost a lot to put this. It was like plywood. You had a little, little booze. But, uh but I'm, I'm going to get back there. So I figured since I couldn't go, um, and we've got a nice set behind us with a lot of uh, sports memorabilia, we've added a Max Verstappen helmet to the rotation. Should be here. That's very nice. First time I've ever ordered anything besides drugs from Holland. No, just kidding. But uh, <laughs> it's actually coming from Holland. Like, you know, he's Dutch and stuff. Like, all his merch, it's yeah. the real deal. Like, it comes from Holland. So, I'm, I'm really like, I'm like, man, I got to translate this and stuff. I popped in. I'm like, oh, man, it actually is. Because I was like, man, I wonder if it's going to come from Holland. It really is. I saw I got my email today. Guy, some guy, you know, Vanderbilt, Vanderveld, like a real Dutch name. It's on its way. I trust the Dutch, too. They say it'll be here in seven to ten business days. <laughs> so it's like three. It's like three hundred bucks. It's pretty cool though. Do you, I don't know if you remember, Mo. Yeah. It was pretty. It was pretty badass at the Miami Grand Prix. Daniel Ricardo had a Miami Dolphins helmet. Right. Yeah. He had, a, he had like a Florida Lando Norris had a basketball one. Like his right. his helmet looked like a basketball. Except it had it had the glasses and stuff. It was really really badass. They don't sell replicas of those ones. Those were like custom, cust like they weren't, you know, mass produced. They're not all really mass produced. That's the whole thing. There's not a ton of these helmets, but it's a crazy. There's a big helmet scene, bro. Like Michael Schumacher's helmets, bro, go for like fifteen thousand euros and stuff. Yeah. You want it signed, man? It's like it's it's just over over the top. So, yeah, you know what? We're going to set it up. We'll do the show somewhere, maybe Champs Sports Bar. I know Champs is back. So, yeah, we look yeah. forward to it. So, they didn't announce. They, 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 we don't know the official weekend next year, right? I think it'll be around the same time. But the second that it is, I'm not playing around. I'm going to book a hotel room. Yeah, that's going to be great. You know, we were speaking beforehand, Gabe, on Sunday about what's the scenario for next year because we're going to have four North American races, right? Vegas, Miami, Austin, and Montreal. And, and I wonder how F1 will approach it because, again, the travel with this being the second North American race in the last few weeks with Miami uh, back in late May, early June, whenever, whenever it was, that do they want to continue to do this crisscross transcontinental flights here or are they going to group them where, hey, we're going to have Miami, Montreal back-to-back weeks and have Vegas, Austin within a range of Mexico as well, the Americas, uh, you know, in, in October, November, whenever that might be. I so think, I think it cuts gonna... into the tickets, though, Mo, then. They know that as well. 
Yeah, right. Because that, it's such a fair point. Yeah. Yeah. Like so, basically, like if people know, okay, then they have to choose which one to go. Listen, Montreal's been there, Mo, forever, right? Since 1978. So at least this, you know, at yeah. this track, etc. And uh, I think it was the 41st edition today, right? The 41st, 42nd, or whatever. So they're. I don't think they move that. That's it's a big tradition. It's a knowledgeable like they like it. They, that phone was like, dude, they were like flipping out on TV as far as the crowd was concerned. Like they kept on saying, like a, a sold out Montreal. This is unbelievable. Like they were, they were blown away as far as the attendance is concerned. The only thing we know for next year, Vegas is Thanksgiving. I think they'll keep it the same, bro. I think they're gonna keep it the same. You know, the way it is now. Like, they had Miami a couple of months ago. Now you got another one in Montreal. I think just like, we, you know, we we discussed most sort of like football teams. You don't want to be doing Azerbaijan and Montreal. On, like, we're on a bye week. <laughs> like, 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 for NBA players and everyone who complains and stuff, these Formula One guys, man. Like, seriously, you're in Azerbaijan. Bro, yeah, it's 8,500 kilometers. It was like 5,500 miles, and literally, like, they, you know, look, 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 missed his damn plane. And uh, he, to, he got out of there late. That's a road trip. Now they've got a bye week now, Mo, going back to England, setting up shop, which surprises me, actually. I, well, you figure it would have made more sense to have a bye week in between Azerbaijan and now. Because England, you know, Montreal, England's not that bad, bro. It's like five and a half, six hours. It's six and a half hours, seven hours, whatever. It's like not much more than New York. Yeah. It's the same well, well, thing. Well, well, traditionally, Gabe, right, it would be Monaco than Montreal, but with the addition of Baku through a wrench, right, but where they would place this race would be before Monaco or after Monaco. And, and you're right, though. Normally, it would be Monaco, bi-week to Montreal, then bi-week to England. But now, yeah, yeah. there's so many more races on the calendar, Gabe, that you're going to have to, <laughs> if you look at it now, right, Gabe, when you think about it, as we speak, going towards July, they'll race in England, and then they go to Austria, bi-week, and then France and Hungary. So they're going to have back-to-back weekends uh, four times in the span of five weeks in July with only one bi-week here, and then you go on their, their three-week holiday after that. So I think it's going to be a real fascinating uh, four rounds coming up here in July and how these teams can hopefully get the points and momentum going towards the bye week. So again, you're going to have back-to-back weeks in the bye, then back-to-back weeks again to wrap up uh, the early summer portion of, of racing here. And it'll be quite fascinating to see how do these uh, race teams improve themselves going towards the back end of the schedule. Uh, last thing to wrap this up, we just talked about Mercedes. They didn't have as nearly the same mechanical issues uh, as they have in the past. I, you know, The car still isn't good, good. And in fact, even their head of uh, their director called a crap box the other day. <laughs> he said to Hamilton, he goes, I'm sorry, I know the car's a piece of crap. But he goes, well, we'll fix it. Don't worry. We're going we're gonna to figure this out. Uh, I think they are a little bit going back to Silverstone. I think that, that's going to be real cool uh, in a couple of weeks. And I'm happy for Lewis Hamilton uh, that he got he got a podium, podium, podium finish uh, in Montreal. So, yeah, to wrap up the F1 is, um, so, yeah, Vegas. Vegas will be next Thanksgiving, next year, not this thanksgiving but next thanksgiving and uh, we're all we're already fired up for this we're already in like in, in you know we're already figuring out everything got to plan all this stuff in advance we did the draft at uh, at the mgm grand so most likely we're probably going to be at the mgm grand again for formula one weekend and and other weekends as well uh moving forward and uh, we'll definitely be in montreal uh next year all right uh so tampa bay Tampa Bay, Colorado. <laughs> hey, you're already laughing. Here we are now. Wow, Colorado Avalanche. I was talking about it earlier, these guys. 
And listen, I don't think they just they just want to win a Stanley Cup. So all this other stuff is just sort of for for people like us uh, to talk about. But nevertheless, it is impressive. So right now, Mo, they're fourteen and two. They've only lost two games uh, in the playoffs. The other four teams that started the playoffs, 14-2, and two, all won the Stanley Cup. 81 Islanders, 87 Oilers, 88 Oilers, 2012 uh, Los Angeles Kings. And um, four teams are tied for the next best record at 16-4. and four. So listen, we're coming up, and again, up against it here with the break. So I'm going to bring this up right now because the 1993 Montreal Canadiens are on this list, all right? They had a 16-4 and four record. In 1993. And people often talk about that team and bring it up like it was somehow like a miracle run. You know what I mean? Like they were lucky. You know what I mean? Oh, it was all Patrick Waugh. And even the 86 one, sort of a similar situation. The 86 team had a couple of Hall of Famers on that team. Like more than just Patrick Waugh. They were older at the time. But they still had a bunch of really good veteran players. And, you know, it just stuck out to me because I've always thought, because I've always sort of corrected people when they talk about the 93 team. That, and I know I was a scalper outside the building. So trust me, I was there. <laughs> so when people talk to me about the, about the 93 team, they say, you know, oh, was somehow this magical and crazy run and stuff. But the team was pretty good, Mo, even during the regular season. Like, they weren't, you know what I mean? They, were, they weren't. You finished with 103 points that year. Yeah, exactly. You finished with 103 points, yeah. Like, they weren't, like, uh, the last seed or anything, guys. They were, like, I don't know. They were, like, the fourth-best team, third-best team in the conference. I think they were fourth or fifth, fourth. Like they are right in the middle of the conference. You know, it was just because the Pittsburgh Penguins were dominant uh, that year, but they got bounced uh, by the Islanders. But very, very impressive what Colorado has done. They haven't won the series yet, though, Mo, or do you think they have? No. Well, Gabe, when we spoke last Sunday, I had Colorado in six. But the fashion that they went and dismantled and ran right on the Bolts on Saturday in Colorado definitely showcased that, hey, they can, they're smelling blood in the water. Their tails are up that they can perhaps sweep the lightning. But I don't think that's going to be the case, though. I think they will go back to uh, Colorado 2-2, and that will become best 2-3 at that point here. So I do like Colorado, but I think it's going to be a little bit trickier than normal, though. Ooh, ooh, I like it. I right, hang in here, but we'll hit this on the other side. So Mo says this is like a ten. Like Mo believes, old school series doesn't begin until a team loses on home ice or their home field or their home court, etc. And you know the Lightning are going to be these guys. You know, talk about in a bad mood tomorrow, coming off that beatdown on Saturday night. This is Sports Rage. Bro. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Oh yeah, it's all set. They got the bug boy on. The bug boy. The little fella's been riding his heart out. They're going to break his maiden. Really? Slow out there. Rain last night. Oh, this baby loves the slop. Loves it. Eats it up. Eats the slop. Born the slop. Saw there was a mother. 
father was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. What did I just say? The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Renzi. Mo Khan kicking with us from the Canadian Grand Prix right now in Montreal. And uh, Mo can't see me, uh, but I'm actually wearing an Expo hammer and a Montreal Canadiens t-shirt. <laughs> and, and it wasn't it wasn't like I wasn't like oh I wasn't like fully planned or anything like that. Right. Uh, basically the t-shirt was by chance. The t-shirt was by chance. It was just basically I looked at it, I saw it and it was clean and I was like, "Hey, you know what? I'll put this on." It was one of those deals today as I was watching the race and uh even though uh, I'm bald, I, I got a bad hair day. So I figured, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm a little scr- scruffy today. I'm just going to put the hat on. Right? So I put the, I put the Expo hat on here. Uh, we're, we're decked out. We're ready, we're ready to go. Speaking of which, Montreal Alouettes. We'll get back to the cup. Montreal Alouettes on yeah. Thursday night. CFL season has started, and uh, Alouettes are 0-2. They really could be 2-0. Like, if, if ends and butts were candies and nuts. I can't believe dude missed, like, an 18-yard field goal for essentially the win uh, the other night, and then they blew the lead in Calgary in, in week one. Short week here, but short shorter week for um, – Shorter, much shorter week for for Saskatchewan and the, and the Rough Riders. These guys yeah. just played, man. They played uh, on Saturday night. What Montreal played on Thursday. The game is on Thursday in Montreal. Um, what's your take on this game? You, you know, what's funny is that the day after the Alouettes lost to the Argonauts, um, Vernon Adams Senior was tweeting away. He was not happy with what the Alouettes did with Vernon Adams Jr. at quarterback. And I subtweeted his his answer saying, hey, it appears that Vernon Adams' father is not too happy. We'll see what happens next week. And and he and I got into a discussion, and he was calling out the Alouettes' play calling, and that they're not playing up to Vernon Jr.'s uh, strengths as a quarterback. So it'll be curious to see now because Monday's a big practice day for the Alouettes. What will Kariah Jones do? Will he give Trevor Harris the bulk of reps or will he keep with VA uh, for another game here because again we talk about the hot seat in Montreal game and Carter Jones is feeling the heat because he's in the last year of his deal as the Alouette head coach no extension has been offered yet and if they are going to be 0-3 or maybe 0-4 before the first bye week in two weeks from now uh, you wonder if Gary Stern who has been very vocal and prominent in social media and of course for what he said yeah too vocal yeah, very. This guy cool, thinks cool. he's Jerry Jones, bro. Like, calm no. down, bro. Like, you've owned yeah. a team for two weeks, man. Like, really? Like, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> no, I'm and, dead and serious. Like, you guys got to yeah. chill. For sure, he might ask for changes because he predicted he wants a great cup here. And I've been saying this for the last few months that for Kari Jones to keep his job. It can't be a first-round Alouette's playoff win. It has to be a great cup trip minimum for him to retain his job. So there's a lot at stake here. And for Carter, it's not happening. They got to get this quarterback play right going towards Saskatchewan uh, for the home opener on Thursday. <laughs> I think the Argos are winning, but I don't know. I, gotta, I hope we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Just for, so for the record, this game. Um, so uh, Saskatchewan and Montreal Thursday night ESPN plus seven thirty Eastern time. ESPN plus Hamilton at Winnipeg is ESPN two on Friday. Edmonton at Calgary ESPN plus, and then uh, Toronto at BC should be a fun football game. Just as far as Vernon Adams is concerned, I like Vernon a lot. I think he's a good guy. He's a good kid. Uh, good quarterback. Um, you know, explosive plays. 
I like him, but I tell you what, he has the same. He had the same problem. Listen, it's one thing to be in Eastern Washington, and then of course he transferred over to Oregon. So he plays with the Ducks, and it was the same thing with the Ducks, right? He, as it is in a CFL, he'll make plays, but there are too many turnovers. And this is coming from a defender. And honestly, I think Trevor Harris is not really an elite number one, but. Mm-hmm. I understand the pressure that is on everybody to win, and I actually think it's the right choice at this point in time. Or what do you think? Do you go with Vernon? Like, look, this is the first home game, right? So whoever you're going with, you got to kind of stick with after this, right? You can't go back and forth. So who do you think is going to be the starting quarterback on Thursday? Look, it feels like that for what they did in the offseason, they had to address the quarterback position to provide competition for Vernon Adams Jr. They did so by bringing Trevor Harris back into the fold. And if you remember, VA was unhappy about that. He went off social media for, he did a blackout for like three weeks. Not happy about that. And I think for, for Kari Jones to save his job or to keep himself in, in, in firm position, I think he'll stay with Vernon Adams for this game, but the leash game will be very short because we talk about Sask and yeah. how well-coached they are. They're a well-coached team. And oh, they're great defense. Their defense. And that's it. Their defense is very good. I think they can get to VA, and a key for this team here is for VA to get that ball into his place. Geno Lewis, Jake Wenicke, these guys are his go-to meal money. And with no willing to stand back in the backfield, it puts more of the microscope on that quarterback position to make not not passes but throws that will lead you to points here. And that's the one thing the Owls have not done well in the second half of football games this year is that they cannot produce points in a mass quantity to win matchups here, so can they do that against a much better Saskatchewan team on Thursday and they'll play Sask again on July 2nd so this is a big two-week window for this Alawa team and they're saving grace right now Gabe, you look at the East right now aside from Toronto, Hamilton and Ottawa have both stumbled out of the gates here if not, this would have been a lot of a, a lot serious situation for the Alawa West to say, hey, they're 0-2 chasing the pack right now in the East Division Mo Khan kicking with us so uh, speaking of um putting points up Colorado Colorado have not had a hard time scoring this is the one thing that surprised me the most about this just that Vasilevsky has been overwhelmed and you know what it's not that he's not playing well it's not his fault it's he doesn't have a chance like it's just absolute bullets and lasers uh Colorado are firing at him but let's just put this in perspective guys First, uh, through the first three rounds of the playoffs, he gave up 39 goals. Through the first two games, he's given up 11 goals. His save percentage through the first three rounds was 9 to 8. His save percentage this year, uh, right now in the Stanley Cup final, 8 3 8. 8 3 8. He had. Um, Games allowing four goals or more in the entire playoffs so far this year. It only happened three times. It's happened both times um, in the first two games. But, you know, I think it's almost a case. If you're Colorado, I get it. You know what I mean? You you were in a rhythm and stuff like that. But I'm not so sure beating them seven nothing was the best idea, Mo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and in hockey. It's not like football. You can't just sort of start running the ball in hockey. You know what I mean? What are you going to do? Like, I guess you can sort of dump it in a bit, but you're not going to do that. And, like, hockey's a little different. But at the same point in time, you know, you know, Stamco said it doesn't matter whether it's a regular season or the playoffs or, you know, all that. It's a loss is a loss thing. But we all know it's not true. And... 
Like, this is next level. Like, how they got their ass handed to them. We're talking about the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion. So, you got it. This is it. Like, if Tampa can't win tomorrow, then the series is obviously over. But... This is, you know, you got Tampa backs against the wall, wounded, angry, humiliated, embarrassed. You know, they've been outscored 11-3 through the first two games, not living up to the excellence that they have set. I believe that they will win tomorrow night. I think they're going to make the series 2-1. I agree. I really do that. They'll come out uh, ready to riot, and they're going to hit everything that moves in the Avalanche uniform. And you talk about Corey Perry. Uh, you think about his last couple of years, he lost the Cup to Tampa twice in a row as a Stars and, and, and Habs member. He doesn't want to become three years in a row and become a Grand host almost with what he did before he won a Cup final with the Blackhawks. So I think... He's a curse. He here, <laughs> he, he is. And I think Vasilevsky, he's not played well yet, Gabe, but I think he definitely steps up and has his, his showcase moment uh, on Monday night for game But he hasn't three. played... I know what you mean. He hasn't played well, but it's like I don't care. You could have two goalies in there, and it wouldn't matter, brother, like right now. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. one of those. He's like a quarterback that you could say, well, you're not playing well. But, yeah, I got sacked 14 times. <laughs> like, you know, like, right. like he's being, like, just absolutely ambushed, and the wheels are falling off. But how about this, guys? What happened 7 nothing? that was the second largest beatdown in the history of the Stanley Cup. All right, so in 1947, the Montreal Canadiens beat the Leafs 6-0. In 1965, the Montreal Canadiens beat the Chicago Blackhawks 6-0. In 2017, Pittsburgh Penguins beat Nashville 6-0. In 1991, the Pittsburgh Penguins beat the Minnesota North Stars 8-0. And then you've got... Yeah, yeah, North Stars, baby. And then... um, and you got to go back to Saturday night, so 7 nothing. Second largest beatdown in the history of the Stanley Cup Finals, and it happened to a two-time defending champion, which is crazy. It, it is. And I also wonder, Gabe, we spoke about it last week. Given the unorthodox couple of years that we had in the NHL with COVID-19 and how that's played, uh, played extended seasons and went into the summer, how healthy, how much, how much energy is left in the reserves for the Tampa Lightning right now going to their third cup in a row game? It, it catches up. We talk about the Golden State Warriors, right? It caught up to them where they had injuries. And, and I wonder now yep. for the Bolts, are they now fatiguing at the, at, the, at the wrong time here, trying to close out and win four of the next six games that's left in the series here, perhaps? Like, if they can do so, um, can they get that energy burst coming through in game three? And what I mean by that, you're going to go out there and hit, you're going to make plays, and the thing is you got to control the tempo of the schemer. You have to control the narrative and allow your Tampa back line to really suffocate those Colorado for Avalanche forward lines if you can. If they do those things, I think we go to game four as a 2-1 series lead for Colorado, not 3-0 lead for them. You know what? I don't think they can claim fatigue. I think Colorado is just better than they are right now. Right? Like, like they weren't they – I don't think they're – yeah, like they're not in peak. You know, I mean, obviously they're worn out a little bit. Everybody is, but like, I just think like put it this way: they weren't tired last week when they were able to, you know, come back and win four straight on the Rangers. I just think, honestly, as well, that Colorado are the hungrier team right now, right? Like Cooper, there's been a couple of times that Cooper's tried to sell the team on this stuff that hey, guys, like there's history awaiting us. We can't be complacent because of the two cups. Like you know, what I mean, no one's won three in a row. Since going back to the Islanders in uh, you know in, in in the early '80s from from '83 '83 there, so 
82, et cetera. No, you know what I mean? So, but Colorado have failed so much in the past. They, you can just see, they're just that hungry fighter right now. They're just like throwing and throwing. But what happens sometimes, Mo, in the, in the fight game, as you know, Sometimes guys will throw too much and too early, and they don't knock the opponent out. And, and what happens? Out, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then they tire out. <laughs> and then once the counterpunch starts coming, we'll see if Tampa Bay can counterpunch. But, you know, one thing, I've got uh, I got Tampa at plus one and a half games in this series. But I also have Nate McKinnon. I took Nate McKinnon to win a Conn Smythe before, but that I think that ship is starting to sail down the St. Lawrence right now, where the F1 was today, with who has Kale McCarr. I mean, this guy's unbelievable. People comparing him to Bobby Orr and stuff, and I said, whoa, whoa, slow down, but who am I going to argue at this point? Unbelievable. Second defenseman in history to score a power play and a shorthanded goal in a Stanley Cup final game. The kid's doing it all, just like Mo Khan does. Great stuff as always, Mo. Always been dude. Have a good week, man, and we'll see you soon, my friend. Mo Khan. Uh, we got Jason B. Tackett, and we'll get into uh, the Manny Machado situation. Mookie Betts is out as well. He's out. We're in. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Across this is Sports Rage. I am Marenzi. Countdown to puck drop is on. Stanley Cup uh, Finals. Championship week coming to a close. It was championship week. We had the NBA NBA uh, Finals, Stanley Cup Finals, U.S. Open, Canadian Grand Prix, Formula One in North America. Uh, it's only in North America three times a year uh, right now. Montreal, um, Austin, Texas, and Miami. And, of course, Las Vegas will be added to the rotation next year. That's going to be sick. That's they, uh, Put it this way. If they just got 338,000 people in Montreal, what are they going to get in Vegas? Like, oh, what, what are they going to get in Vegas? Think about it. They got 338,000 people in Montreal. Now, listen, I'd say that it's probably about half and half in Montreal as far as, like, locals and F1 diehards. Right, that, that travel and go to certain races every year. But 338,000 people in Montreal, like I, I'm telling you, Vegas, they're going to they're gonna do like 500,000 people. It's going to be absolutely sick. Austin's going to be lit as well. Um, that That's in October during the football season. Football season's around the corner. Rick Saratella will join us. I think Rick's just getting back. He was at the, uh, the, the free agent uh, hub with Don Yee. I don't know if he was hanging, went out to dinner with Tom Brady or not. We'll have to uh, we'll have to find out. Rick Saratella, the high roller now. Say so, yeah, Cole McCarr right now, he's minus 190 uh, to beat a Conn Smythe Trophy winner. Nate McKinnon's plus 370. This kid, Kale, is unbelievable. He's just running away with this thing. People have compared this guy to Bobby Orr. Uh, I think it's a little premature to compare a player to Bobby Orr, but the skill set 
you know, the skill set. Like I said, to me, it's more Paul Coffey than Bobby Orr. It's more Paul Coffey than Bobby Orr, but I'm not going to argue. Listen, Bobby Orr, that's like saying someone's like Lawrence Taylor. You know what I mean? Like Belichick says. He says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, don't, don't say that. Right? Just, you know, just say he's good. But McCarr definitely is, has the talent, skill set, and future to be one of the greatest players in the history of the National Hockey League. Bring it. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.